Welcome back to Arcade Cozy, the coziest game room on the internet. My name is Chris. My name is Corey. And we're back again. Corey, um, yes. first episode, post episode 100. How are you yeah, feeling today? On 101 today? Uh, how am I feeling today? Today I'm tired. Yeah. Um, just, just drove all the way back to my parents' house to drop off and my dog because they're going to watch him because me and my wife are going down. Uh, to her family um, for the weekend. Um, and so that's like, what a, I think I texted you at like 6.30, like, oh yeah, no, I'll be home at nine. I left at like nine o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's like 10.40 and we're recording. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just, I'm tired, but not in a, I'm excited for this episode. I'm excited to record. I know we both have so many thoughts, but me as a physical person, yeah, I'm just a little tired. Yeah, that's how life is, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, it's a, it's an up and down. It's, uh, you know, sometimes you're, sometimes you're full of life. Sometimes you just are clinging on for dear life. Um, but I wouldn't say I'm clinging, but. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you, you do what you can. You just, yeah, uh, yeah. you hang out, you, you try, you, yes. you clock in, you just, you, you make it. Um, some yeah. that, sometimes that's all you can do and you know, you should, uh, you should be rewarded for that. Um, I agree. I did yeah. reward myself with a chocolate bar when I got home. I'm Look like, at I've, you. That's what I'd like this. to hear. Yeah. Yes. Um, we love yeah, that, treat. that's been the thing that's kept me going at different points has been, um, I've had, you know, as we're, we're rounding the corner, getting some of this house stuff done, but yeah. legitimately like so uh, no monday monday was labor day um mm-hmm. here in here in the states i was off work we were out there from, yeah we were out there from like 12 noonish until like 2 a.m and a Brutal. lot of that time yeah a lot of that time i spent in the yard uh, trying to prepare for uh, just trying to clean up, trying to get everything looking nice. So it was like hauling cinder blocks and just all of this kind of stuff. And it was like the entire time I was like, man, just, just think about, think about when, when it, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> think about when you're not fin- doing finish this. On site. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's sometimes, sometimes you just need a little bit of that and just a little, little carrot on the stick to get you through. But yeah, you know, Sometimes that's sometimes that's like a a nice snack. Sometimes that's a video game, Corey. Um, Yes. Which you know we've we've been playing. We've we've got some stuff to talk about. You've been playing some games. I've been playing some games. Um, Before we dig into it, because I know you have a lot of thoughts. I have some thoughts too about things. Um, Yes. Let's do let's do a little bit of news, Corey. Um, I like it. Today, uh, it's, today, it it was um, rumored, maybe not rumored, but I guess like reported, even like more more substantial substantial than a rumor um, that uh, the Switch Two was mm-hmm. shown off to developers at Gamescom. Um, yeah. I guess very specific behind closed doors kind of things, mm-hmm. um, but the the specifics are sparse beyond just you know it it's a switch it does switchy mm-hmm. things 
Um, it's so if you're familiar with the Switch, it does that. But the big thing it seemed like was like graphics were potentially on par with like PS5 level. Uh, PlayStation PS4 Pro, Pro, PS5. PS4 Pro, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, which is, I I mean, massive. No, yeah, I mean, it's notable um, considering like the Switch currently struggle. I mean, depending on the game, but can struggle to play games that are like 10 to 15 years old at this point. Um, and so like, the fact that like, I, you know, and it, I, I guess it's, it's not super surprising like that idea, I think, because like whenever the switch first came out, it was such a novel thing and it still mm-hmm. is. But mm-hmm. like now we have the steam decks, we have all of these different, like Asus has one and Lenovo has like, they're all doing this now and they're packing in, they're making these tiny portable computers. So the idea that they're able to like really hone in that hardware isn't unbelievable. It's just, maybe maybe it's difficult to believe that I guess Nintendo will necessarily do that just considering like I think the last console that Nintendo put out that was like on par with its competitors like graphics wise and stuff was probably the GameCube I feel like Um, like I feel like the GameCube is generally like graphically and performance wise like on par with the PS2 and Xbox but yeah. pretty much like from there, I think it, I think they started to diverge. Um, so it would be yeah. super interesting if, I mean, if that, if they actually did hit that, it would be incredibly interesting to see Nintendo come out with like a console on par with current level consoles. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, what do you think, Corey? I, it makes me one. Very excited if it, if the rumors are to be believed. Um, you know, the current running rumor is that Final Fantasy VII remake will be a launch title on the Switch what? Two. I know for uh, for a lot of people, they're like, "Well, that came out a couple of years ago." But also the fact that um, it's now a portable Switch title, I think, is shows how far they are willing to go with this. And this might be one of the first, not one of the first times, but like they've heard the chatter um, of like, okay, it's let's get this out of the way first. Yes. The switch currently struggles with a lot of things, but it, it is not like underpowered for the titles that they are currently releasing on the Nintendo switch. IE look at tears of the kingdom. uh, Um, Kirby's, um, look at Super Mario uh, Odyssey, so on and so forth. All of them run fine, look beautiful, X, Y, Z. But this is Nintendo being like, okay, no, we're going to essentially up our third-party catalog by upping our hardware now. We can now pull in a Final Fantasy VII uh, remake, and it's going to run like it would on a PS4 Pro. And I think you'll yep. see probably a couple other titles do the same thing. And it's like, okay, games that are normally coming out on PS5 or you know current Xbox, um, we can run those games too. They don't have to be exclusive as well. And it feels like them trying to really swing back into the third party um, titles. That's just the impression that I'm getting based off of the current floating rumors. And I think that's wonderful. Yeah. I would love to be able to play Final Fantasy VII Remake on the go. I think technically I 
can. I, I think it's on Steam. Am I making that up? I might be. Uh, I don't know. Um, well, for all but, the rest of us, Corey, that would be that would be good news. That would be good. Well, it would also be good. I just so I just went to Chicago last weekend. I took the Steam Deck on my flight, and I will say it was very um, not uncomfortable for me. And but I imagine, and I'm not one of those people who are like putting their elbows in other people's areas, but I'm like, I'm kind of tight in my seat and I have my gigantic steam deck essentially taking up the entire width of my seat, um, as I'm playing, um, and not the most comfortable thing flying, uh, kept it within, but yep. I know a switch is just so much smaller and it's easier to handle. So again, would be wonderful. Um, nice long flights to be able to just like, I mean, I do take out my switch, but to place, like I said, something like a final final. Final Fantasy VII Remake, or a Red Dead Redemption 2, or, um, you know, a, not that Halo Infinite would ever be on it, but, you know, at Halo Infinite, something along those lines, um, would be sick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I think it's, um, I think it's going to be neat. I mean, regardless, even if it isn't that, I mean, obviously, the Switch currently is not all that powerful, and it's still... The one of the best consoles ever to release ever. So I mean, it's Correct. it's never been the most important thing. <laughs> um, but it, yeah, I mean, it, I think like having the having the range to be able to really like optimize their games um, will be really cool. And being able to like really kind of beef that out, being able to see stuff like Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom like in a yeah, but, higher fidelity and just like higher draw distance and stuff would be really really cool. So, do you think that they would do a re-release slash remake of Breath of the Wild for it? This is more of a curiosity not a um, rumor or anything I've seen. Just more of a um, huh. I you know, I don't, so my gut would be no. I think because, like, I mean, they haven't said, but I would imagine the Switch 2 is backwards compatible. And I would yes. venture a guess that Switch games would, like, be optimized when running on a Switch 2. So I would think, potentially, that, like, popping in Breath of the Wild would, like, really just kind of beef it up that being said okay. there there were like reports that during the um these like closed door meetings that they were showing like a beefed up version of breath of the wild um mm -hmm. like it that was noticeably like like it was a noticeable noticeably different version at least from gotcha. what it seemed like even though they didn't like say oh, this is a, they didn't say anything about it. They didn't say like, oh, this is a remake. Oh, this is like a release. It, it was just, oh, here's Breath of the Wild Gotcha. on a Switch 2. So, I mean, it could have been any number of things, but I, I mean, I would, I wouldn't, who knows with Nintendo, but I would venture a guess at them like taking that path with something more like, Ocarina of Time, like taking something that would be like a noticeable, like here is a massive like overhaul of something from the ground that, up. Like you can, 
Right. Yeah, that that would be my guess if they were to to hit that would be really doing it right with like a a different game altogether. So Gotcha. Okay. That was just more yeah. curiosity question. Hmm. Either either way, I think it's really cool. Um, you know it's gonna be pricey, you know it's gonna be impossible to get once it drops. Um oh, yeah. but I I think it's great to see Nintendo, not that it was ever required of them because they are probably the best first party studio um, developer right now or like have the best first party games on their platform. But it's good to see them, I think, like really taking strides in this region of the gaming hemisphere of like, okay, we're going to beef it up. We're going to catch up. We're kind of ahead of everywhere else. Might as well be on par in at least one area we're behind in. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. We will see as probably next holiday season. <laughs> yeah, I, I think later half of next year is kind of where people, where the general kind of feel is for it. Um, so, yeah, we'll, uh, I'm sure we'll see more in the, in the coming months, but yeah, looking forward to it. Um, Corey, let's dive into the meat of this episode. Yeah, um, we've we've been playing stuff. I want to hear. Uh, I want to hear about something you've been playing. Um, I, and I want you to tell me about it. You've been playing uh, Starfield, correct? I have been playing Starfield. That okay. is correct. Yes. And uh, how do you feel about Starfield? Okay, so uh, here's the thing. I know I've said it about Crusader Kings, and I know I've said it about Baldur's Gate, but really and truly, Starfield might just be the best game I've ever played. Wow, Corey, that I is that that is um, that is high praise. Can you can you tell me a little bit about what you like so much about Starfield? Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. what's not to like? It's got ships. It's got space, which has <laughs> planets, which I like. There I are like planets. Uh, rockets and more space and guns and ships. Okay, guns cool. And um, so, so Baldur's Gate just is <laughs> is out the door for you. You're just not really feeling it anymore. Chris, damn it! I, I said it already. Starfield is the best game. Full stop. Period. Uh, Baldur's Gate can go and just suck a big butt for all I care. <laughs> Corey, I nice. I need nice. not hear more. I will go and play Starfield this very moment. It sounds like the best game ever. Yeah, um, you're right. I'm right. I, I, yeah, you are so right. How did how did you you just surmised an entire episode's worth yeah. of content right here um we can move on i guess that's, that's all anyone that's ever enough. needs to hear about starfield right there the nice minute and a half clip posted mm-hmm. across the interwebs for the world to hear yeah boy um bethesda um you're welcome xbox you're welcome todd you're welcome <laughs> Corey you know, is Corey's spokesperson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> extraordinaire. Um, yeah, Corey, you've been playing Starfield. You obviously have yes. strong feelings about it. Um, tell us more. Okay, okay. Let's uh, let's get, let's move away from AI Corey um, to um, <laughs> to true Corey to real Corey. Um, AI Corey is not real. He cannot hurt you. Um, 
<laughs> so Starfield, I have been playing it. Um, I need to preface this out the gate. I have been playing it on my Steam Deck through the Game Pass um, little uh, backdoor that um, like ha- is how you play it on Steam Deck, which is mm. fully legal. It's just how you just program it into the Steam OS. Um, yep. So I, with how that works is I have to stream the game. I do not download it. Oh, and so I am weird. currently okay. streaming um, Starfield. Um, so now that that's out the gate, that might give a little bit more context to some of my thoughts. Most of my thoughts are good. I enjoy Starfield. I will get the, the negatives out of the way first. Um, that way I can talk about how they are kind of also positives for me. Um, so I've played about eight hours of Starfield. I have focused yep. pretty much mainly on the main story. I've seen lots and lots of people talk about how it starts off really boring, um, very slow. Um, it doesn't quite hit that initial um, high that most Bethesda games have, i.e., look at Skyrim. You're caught with this rebel guy, dragon attack. There's leaving the vault in uh, Fallout 3. You have the nuke in Fallout 4, so on and so forth. Bethesda is really known for like that initial like opening set piece sequence. Uh, in this case, um, most people are right. It kind of sucks. Um, and But I also kind of like it. Uh, you start out as a miner. Uh, you kind of just come to um, how you usually do in these games with a, a woman essentially just talking a bunch of nonsense and jargon that you don't quite understand. Putting a helmet on you and like, all right, we're going, we're going mining. And you, know, you mine a couple of rocks and this little thing happens and essentially the game kicks off. Uh, hi, I'm saying hi to your little friend. Uh, those who can't see, yeah. uh, Chris's yeah, cat a, just like <laughs> hopped up and like just sat on his shoulder, kind of. Um, yep. It's very cute. Um, and so, yeah, the opening kind of sucks, but the fact that I knew about it going in, I'm like, okay, no, I appreciate the fact that this is a new IP from Bethesda. This is a new uh, like branch in their gaming. Um, history and like a new direction, there will be a Starfield too, like, or something along those lines. Let's get that out there now. Um, this is something that they put tons and tons of work into and no, having that idea going into what everyone has described as a poor opening. I'm like, no, they're trying to, this is them setting the stage. And while yes, it's a little lackluster, like they're trying to take the time and like introduce you to what is going on within this new game that they have done. You are, yes, on a mining colony or mining planet. You're being paid to do this by someone. There's importance to what to why you are doing this. This is also like a average life career for a lot of people within the Starfield universe, which is just ours, just a couple hundred thousand, not a couple hundred thousand, a couple, what is this, 23, 30? So yeah, like 3,000 years in the future. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's, it sets the stage pretty early on of what the main quest is. And I'm very intrigued by what the main quest is. And I think early on, it does bog itself down in trying to ease you into it. There's a lot of different, um, mechanics, a lot of different UI systems that you're having to learn how to navigate 
um, between just being on the ground, flying your ship. Um, there's a, tons and tons of menus, and it feels very tedious early on. It's just like, oh, you have to go to this, have to hit the menu. Within that menu, there's four separate menus now that I have to choose between, between uh, my skill tree, my equipment and inventory, um, the planet I'm on, and the star systems. And um, I can't remember what the bottom um, left one is at the moment. I don't think I've really used it. It might just be like your vitals. Um, and then within each of those menus, there's more menus. Um, and it, like I said, you're just kind of like, oh, let me just kind of play the game as it's teaching you how to do all these different things. Um, but you kind of, you know, you get through, you get through a couple of the first few missions. And again, all that's still there, but you start, for me, I started to get into the more of the pace of the game's loop, especially within this main quest, main quest line. Cause that's what I focused on. That's what most people have said. It's like the one I'm on now that I play through that one and then kind of freely explore from there. And most people have been like, that's the good point or good like end point for where you're, you can truly like go off and do the Bethesda stuff of whatever you want, whenever you want, however you want. Um, and so, but throughout, you know, you kind of get into a loop of, all right, I'm going to get on. I'm, here's the quest. We have to go talk to this person on this planet. Okay. I get my ship. I leave the planet. Um, I go to that planet, go there, talk with them, maybe do a shootout, maybe um, do a uh, persuasion, like dialogue check, which we'll get into in a little bit because I think it's pretty neat. Um, and then I have my next clue. Now I'm going to, okay, we take that and get back in my ship, go somewhere else, um, maybe find another clue or stumble on something else that we weren't expecting, solve that, get that next clue so on and so forth. You're, you're bouncing around solar systems, the galaxy, X, Y, Z, and it, while it doesn't quite feel very far because it's all fast travel, it's all load screens, it does, like, it feels a good rhythm, and it feels like you are accomplishing things, and you, in it, you understand, or at least I understand where I'm at at all times, even while doing this, though. Um, that's the general, there's just so much to get into with Starfield because it, it is Bethesda's next big thing. So there's just so many expectations to it. So I'm trying to give it, I think the, um, talking points it deserves because it's a huge deal. Um, I will say it, all of that, it feels probably like eight years too late. If that makes sense, this would I think yep. be a incredible game in like 2016 or 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, again, everything is a load screen. You get into your ship, load screen. You leave the planet, load screen. You are going to travel to that planet that you can see, load screen. Unless you want to fly for like 30 to 40 minutes. Um, it's not like no man's sky where you have like, um, which is, I think a very valid comparison or, com- yeah. uh, comparing game that, um, I see a lot of people who are very critical of Starfield. I'm like, you just want to play no man's sky, go play no man's sky. Um, yeah. because of that's all another topic we'll get into a little farther down. Um, but yeah, 
Okay, fast travel to that planet. Okay, I want to land on the planet. Um, load screen. Okay, I land there. I want to get out, get out of the cockpit, get out of the ship. Load screen. Everything is a load screen. Now, we're not talking like Skyrim levels on like PS3 early on where it's like, okay, this is a minute of loading kind of a thing. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. quick. We're talking like two to four seconds. Um, yeah. If that sometimes. It, it's quick, but it's always just like a flash of a load screen and then moving on. And in that, with today's day and age of how fast the PS5 is, how fast my Steam Deck is, how, how snappy and quick the Switch is, it feels so unnecessary and so bogged down. Yeah. And I know Bethesda uses their own engine uh, to do all this, that this is the same engine they, they use for Fallout 4 and Skyrim, I believe. And I'm like, yeah, it feels like it. Um, same like wacky physics and fun that comes with the Bethesda game that I, I think has like that like janky charm that kind of like uh-huh. puts a little bit of smile on your face. I'm like, okay, you know, this is a video game, video game. Like there are goofs to it. Like how there were in plenty of old games where like something's bugging out and you get to like see that happen in real time. And it's kind of funny. Yep. Uh, it breaks the immersion for me in a good way when I'm like talking with another character and another character walks into the screen and hits my character and pushes my character like 20 feet away. But the dialogue keeps yep. going. Yep. I think like it's, I think it's hilarious, honestly. And in a good way, like breaks the immersion, but I like it. Um, I think again, with the UI, there's so many different things going on on the screen, flying the ship, not, not unintuitive, but you have like six different things. Like you have three different weapon types. You have your energy, your shields, your um, gravity drive, and you all, you have to allocate your power to each of those things as you're going and doing that in a dogfight. Like, okay, I want my shields up, but if I'm doing that, I'm probably sacrificing either how fast I can go or how much um, power behind my shots, or I can drop my shield down, do more shots, or I can go faster. Any combination of that, but you're doing all that while also trying to avoid being blown out of space, out the sky, essentially. And it feels very um just chunky doing it it's just like this is taking too long um like by the time i'm done how i'll have it set i immediately needed to add more energy because he's flown by me so i need to like spin around so i can catch up to him that way i'm not just doing 180s over and over again and it's one of those things where you almost wish like for me i wish there was like this how it is now but like give me allow me to do presets okay here is like my main like gunner vibe here is speed here's like heavy defense so on and so forth but to my knowledge that's not there um and it feels so obvious that it should be there because you go into like your weapon wheel on the ground and you have a normal weapon not normal but like a favorite's weapon wheel and so like you slot like what weapons you want in each of these different things. You pull up the quick menu, you choose your weapon, just how it normally is. And I'm like, I feel like that'd be a super easy like thing to do for your ships of, all right, we're going to the speed build, just hit this, boom, we're in. And it automatically just changes it for you based on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, again, it's running on 
I'm streaming it on a Steam Deck, which is a little bit weaker than what the Xbox is. And so graphically, I think it looks really, really bad. Um, it looks how I <laughs> remember Skyrim looking on the yep. PS3. Yep. I do think the facial animations are... Everyone's, everyone's talking about them. And I think they look good, but they also look like overdone, like so okay. over-exaggerated. Um, and that's coming... I think that's just me coming off of Baldur's Gate 3, where I think they yeah. nail the facial animations. Like, I can tell, like, through, like, subtlety with these, with their animations of, oh, they're mad at me. I don't have to see um, yeah. Carl, like, disapproves in the top left to know she's mad. Yeah. I can just see yeah. it on her face. While in Starfield, I'm going to mimic for you. And you'll notice, but it's like, oh, hi there. I did not yep. see yep. you come in. And it's like yep. the dialogue is just so broken up. Mm. Um, and again, I'm harping on a lot of these things and how I think they are negatives, mainly just because of where we've gotten to in gaming. Um, like, I think there is a level of expectation now for major titles like this and for um, Bethesda as well that just aren't quite met here. All of that being said, all of this still works for me, and I really enjoy it. I like the loop of it. I don't need it to be No Man's Sky where I can hop in my ship, boost off of the planet, and go wherever I want, and like, like lickety-split. Like, I, I don't need that. If I wanted that, I'd play No Man's Sky. I like... Yeah, yeah. Do I wish there was no load screens? Sure, I wish there was more like, I guess, an idle animation of it. And there is for some of it. Um, when you're flying within gal- within the same solar system, um, there is like a little idle animation where it shows like the old school ratchet and clank where it shows your ship like oh, curving through space, like off towards the planet. Like You get that. Yep. I, I love that. Um, I like, again, like the chunkiness of it. Um, and the way like the characters are acting, I think is like not great, but I love the goofiness of it. it. Not saying like it reminded me of a video game is a bad thing. I think that's a great thing. I'm like, oh no, like I get to just like F around in a Bethesda world where they are, mm-hmm. their bread and butter is making incredible open world games. Um, and they have nailed that. Pretty much every time. I know there's like complaints on Fallout 4. We don't have to get in Fallout 76. Um, but if you look at their track record, like it's pretty exceptional. And so far, it's pretty exceptional in Starfield. Like the craziest things like are happening. Just yep. people like walking around, some dude randomly explodes for funds. Um, but also in combat, if I shoot their air tank, they explode. They will yep. combust. And or if I take my hatchet and cut their oxygen line, they'll just suffocate. Um, like they are doing things that I think are very un- not unique, but like things that I ex- not expect isn't the right word, but I'm like, okay, I can think it and it'll, I can kind of do it. It's not to yep. the Baldur's Gate three level, which I think it suffers so much for me because I am coming off of that where there 
where everything that they're doing in Baldur's Gate 3, Starfield is doing just on a much more elementary level, um, is the best way I can describe it. It's very far more basic, far more simplistic. Um, not not in a bad way, but just comparing those two games. Like it's clear to see um a team that is like at the top of their game compared to one that's trying to get back on footing after maybe a slip up or two. Um yep. I I can I enjoy finding the ship. I enjoy ship combat. Like I said, I wish they had done something a little bit different than that, but I think it's fun. Um, I've kind of just found like a more like set option at this point of like, this is kind of what I stick with unless I'm like really outgunned, then I'll up my shields and just take the hit on damage. I normally have my shields down and I'm just trying to maneuver and dogfight around. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's the most optimal way to play, but it's just the way I've like kind of like figured it out and done it. Um, I think it's overall pretty good game. I enjoy it. I'm excited to see where it's going to go. I want to finish it. I know the main story is only like 18 to 20 hours. I see most people are finishing it around 30. Um, I'm like eight in and I'm intrigued enough by the main campaign to like for sure see it through. Cause I think the main story, um, while doesn't quite have its like teeth in me yet or like the hooks in me yet, I think it's very, I like what they're putting down and the questions that they're asking um, with it. I think it's pretty compelling. Um, so yeah, sorry. I know that was long. That was winded. This is a game I, as we got closer, I was very excited for. I love what Bethesda does um, and I'm loving what they're doing in Starfield. I just think that a lot of the criticisms against it are fairly valid. And if they're not, if it's not working for you, I understand it. Those things are working for me though. Um, and I'm trying to just enjoy what they have put out. Um, and I, and I think it's pretty good. I I think some people are very harsh against it. Um, I think some people are giving it too much praise. Like they're like, some people are like, Oh, you know, there's nothing wrong with load screens. Like, um, it's like a huge, like procedurally generated world. Like, of course there's going to be load screens. I'm like, yeah, I mean, sure. But there's tons of other games that do a similar thing that don't do that, mm-hmm. that are years, yeah. years older at this point. Yeah. Um, over, overall, I, I think it's very good. I don't think it's great. I don't think it's exceptional or masterpiece or anything like that. I think it's very good. I'm enjoying it. Um, I've seen a lot of talk of like it ends on an incredible high note. New Game Plus is mm-hmm. incredible. Um, yeah, so I'm excited to see. I, now I'm thinking about the skill trees. Skill trees are weird. You like pick <laughs> a skill and the way to mm-hmm. up it is by doing things. And yeah, it's like I've heard about the, your encumbrance level is so low and you're like dropping items like left, right, and center to companions or in your cargo. Um, there's no ammo anywhere. There's no med packs anywhere. Um, maybe I'm just not being like a loot goblin. I don't know. Um, there's a couple things that now that I'm thinking I'm like kind of irk me. I don't want to get into that. I like where I'm at with it right now. I'm enjoying it. It's very fun. 
Um, I, like I said, the loop of it, once I've now that I've kind of gotten it down, it's good. I'm interested to see what happens once I wrap up this story and or this like quest and everyone's like, okay, now you can kind of venture. I'm like, the game hasn't really taught me how to adventure around. Like I know I can get from place to place, but there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason to go to another place other than out of pure curiosity, which nothing wrong with that. But like, like the rails of the main story, like feel pretty good. And I'm like, okay, I might, I might just see the main story out and then bounce around from there because there's a lot of things it just doesn't teach you. I, I built, not built, I upgraded my ship a ton earlier today and the game never teaches you how to upgrade your ship you talk to a dude briefly and he was like oh yeah like you you can buy parts and like install them but the game never teaches you how to do it um and so but the ship ship builder very very fun and like trying to (laughs) make something that then flies very fun Uh, you put something together and you hit like um, you hit the start button and it's like, will it, will it fly? And the game's like, absolutely not. <laughs> this thing is not getting off the ground. <laughs> or it'll be like, oh, nope, it's a little too heavy. Uh, you need a better grav drive to be able to yep. fly it. Or be like, mm-hmm. um, or be like, uh, you don't have enough weapons. Like, um, you definitely need better weapons. Or like, you need, uh, you have, or it's like you have four slots for weapons. You only have three equipped. Um, you know, equipped another or it's your mobility might be a little low add an extra engine so i have like three engines on mine right now which just looks yep. funny um so on and so forth things like that the ship building yep. very very fun i could see it becoming like a insane mini game i get into if i ever have enough credits to like ball um yep. but it's very cool yeah that's starfield i could talk longer on it but i don't want to take away from uh, another game I have, and, uh, and um, your game as well, um, but I think it is such a big deal. And I know I'm excited to hear about it next week from you, because I know you'll be playing it. I will say I would play it before Baldur's Gate 3. Um, okay. But again, Because so much of this game and what it's trying to do, i.e. they have persuasion checks where you'll come across an enemy occasionally, or or just a person. Um, and it will give you a couple of different options that give you points into a persuasion, like DC check on a scale of usually like mm-hmm. one to four, one to five. And, you know, to try to get like five into that check, like choose an option that would give you like all five like slots yeah. to get yeah. your persuasion check. Um, is a very difficult thing to do depending on your persuasion. So you can choose like lower options and it gives you three turns to do it. Um, and I think something like that is a very cool like dialogue way of like resolving encounters. Like early on in the game, I come, came across a couple of pirates and they're like, we want your ship. And I'm like, why do you want my ship? And they're like, I heard there's treasure in it. And, I'm, and then it gave me the dialogue trees and I'm like, hey, there's nothing in there. Like, is it was the plus one kind of a thing. Yep. You know, it's like, yeah. you're telling me there's nothing in there at all. I'm like, there's nothing in there at all. Like, <laughs> you don't want it. I promise. And, he was, and then it, that was trash. another plus one. Yeah. There's another plus one. He was like, I 
don't know if I really believe you. And then I have like a plus like five option of I've just mowed down all your goons and it's me and you. How do you think this is going to go? And I chose that one. Yep. I was like, all right, all right. I hear you. You're, that's a good point. I think I'm just going to leave now. I'm like, all right, that's wonderful to just talk my way out of a situation. It's not quite like Baldur's Gate 3 where you have like yep. seven different choices. You roll a die. You can add modifiers, X, Y, Z. Then um, like it, that feels a much more natural way in Baldur's Gate of like being able to talk your way out of um, situations. This one feels more almost a little bit of blind luck of like, okay, what's my persuasion stat? Where are they at? Like, I'm not seeing what's happening. I'm not seeing there's dice rolls behind uh, the screen right. clearly going on, um, but I'm not seeing those. And so um, yeah, I just think things like that, like you can, see, you know what it can be like, and it's tough seeing what it is like. So I would check yeah. Starfield first. Because I think a lot of what Starfield, like I said, is trying to do feels just a so much more toned down thing of what Baldur's Gate is doing. Okay. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. For uh, inside baseball, for everybody, I guess maybe that's the right way of phrasing it. Um, yeah. I, because at this point, um, you know, Starfield and Baldur's Gate are both available for me. I mm-hmm. took significant amounts of time to download both because, uh, yeah, Baldur's Gate 3, I did not pre-download Baldur's Gate 3 and then it released and then it was like, oh, I'm going to get this. And then it was like, you will be able to play this in 16 hours. And I was like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds mm-hmm. good. Um, but I'm also trying to finish up uh, the game that I've been playing. So I've um, just kind of let them both sit to the side, but no, that's, that's super helpful because, um, you know, just to continue with our conversation, I think we'll, uh, I think, uh, I'll, I'll probably dive into Starfield to be able to, to be able to have like a good solid conversation as you're, as you're moving along and and see, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm very interested in kind of seeing where I land on it because it, it has been a split thing um Mm -hmm. where i've seen people who really don't like it some people who really are into it and i think it some of it comes down to your perception some of it comes down to um like your expectations um and some of it is just restrictions and requirements of the games itself like i mean you know i think it's i think it's tough whenever you're used to something like skyrim where it's like hey i can just you know, it's not endless, but I can wander over here and I'll find something mm-hmm. cool. And like being in Starfield where it's like, well, I have to go through like four loading screens before I have to like very intentionally head to this place. I can't really like wander there. And then, you know, I, so I have to kind of know. And I think that that's been one of the, one of the more concerning things that mm-hmm. or criticisms that I've heard is people being like, yeah, there's not a whole lot of like, genuine exploration it is very much this like you're picking a target and you're going there with a reason and sometimes that reason is like i'm gonna see what's here but it's not like you're just stumbling on something yeah super cool because there's it's they don't allow for that and like you know and it's it's hard to tell whether or not that's a bummer whether you know whether or not that's something that you can kind of move past and i think that's the thing that a lot of people have struggled with. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm interested. I want to. Um, I I'm gonna 
gonna hop into it. I think you're. Yeah. Um, you you convinced me, Corey. I'm gonna I'm gonna hop in. I'm gonna see how it is. I'm gonna have an opinion for next week. My fear for you is that if you start playing Baldur's Gate three, you will just never see Starfield. It'll just be like, yeah, I, th- I think I, it's reasonable. I think it's a reasonable concern. <laughs> yeah, because I couldn't. I if I was to start both and play the first five hours of both, I'd be like, I'm playing Baldur's Gate. There, there is. Mm. I mean, that is the D and D person in me, but I truly also think like Baldur's Gate three is like a transformative game within the industry. I think it is a masterpiece. I think it might be the best game ever made. And I think Starfield is very good. It feels like it it feels like playing an older game that reminds me of like, oh, this is what games used to be like. And I kind of like it. It's uh-huh. kind of fun. It's a little it's a little retro. Um these are positive statements to it. Even though I know a lot of people will look at that negatively i i kind of like it um yeah. i dig it but yeah butter's game love it it's goaded very cool um yeah but in the meantime i have uh i have a game yeah. myself that i need to yes need to yes. finish um cory i've but been you're playing at the end I'm I'm getting toward the end of it. Yeah, I've been playing Armored Core Six: Colon Fires of Fires Rubicon. of Rubicon. Have you seen the Fires yeah. of Rubicon? Um, not yet. So that's so um, so I I briefly kind of mentioned last week that I had started. I didn't really give a whole lot into it, but yeah, like the the overall story of it is that like you are on Rubicon. Or I guess like the setting, the stage setting is like you're on Rubicon. And this is like post a so there's this there's this energy source in the game called Coral that is effectively like the game's unobtainium. You know, it's the thing that okay. everybody's like vying for. It's the energy source right. and everything. And like um it's very volatile. And there was at one point this um event called the Fires of Ibis that like just rocked the entire planet and you know all of this kind of stuff and so like you know the i think the implication is that like you know the events of the game are leading to a potential like the fires of rubicon and i think it's also Mm -hmm. like metaphorical of like you know all of these different like um conflicts and things that are <laughs> that are happening on Rubicon at this moment as they're fighting for this energy source. Um but yeah, I mean like out of the gate, let me let me start with like what I would say is the biggest negative about the game and like I I would say it's it's legitimately like the the story kind of is nonsense. Um yeah. not necessarily nonsense in a like there's nothing happening. But it more in the sense of like it's very difficult to keep track of who, why people are working with you, why people trust you. Mm-hmm. Um, because so you were a mercenary, you're being brought to this, you're kind of like sneaking into Rubicon because like your handler is like, hey you know, we need to get in here. We got some business to do. So you're going to come into Rubicon. You know, you're, you're like a, you're a trash soldier. You're the last mm, thing I got. Casual. Mm-hmm. You're going to, you're going to come in and you're going to, you got to 
like Layla. So we got to get you like a mercenary's license. We got to get you in here so that you can like, you can just kind of blend in. Um, and there are these factions, there are these corporations that are fighting for this resource. There's a liberation group that's like trying to take back the planet. There's this big like, um, you know, empirical kind of uh, conglomerate that's like kind of a police force of the planet. And they're all kind of fighting for this big source of thing. But like the main structure of the game is that you're going through and it's like, it's mission-based. So, I mean, for everybody who's unfamiliar, like from software makes this game and has made armored core games in the past. And like, if you're familiar with them, like dark souls games are generally like just open. You're, you're wandering around, you're, you're doing this and armored core is not that like, you're not, you're not flying from place to place, whatever it's big. Like whenever you go into a mission, it's big open areas. There's a lot of place to maneuver around, but you're not moving from place to place and like freely doing this. You are doing, you're hopping into a location, you're doing a mission, you're popping back to your like base. Um, and it's very, so, you know, you're going through, you're doing that. It's very like, um, it's very quick. It's very linear. But one of the like weird things, so you're taking on all of these contracts yeah, as a mercenary. Like that's the kind of crux of it is you're going through and it's like, hey, these people are reaching out. They're like, hey, I need, you, I need a mercenary. I need somebody to go out and grab this thing for me. Um, can you do it? And you're like, yeah, I can do it. And like at the beginning, it's just like these small odd jobs, but eventually it's this thing where like both of these corporations are like, are contracting you for like to do opposing jobs. Like, and by that, I mean, it's like, you'll do one mission and it's like, Hey, we need you to take this base. And it's like, all right, let's do it. And then you'll take the base and it'll be like mission successful. Thank you so much. You did a great job. Cool. Then the next yeah. mission is the other side being like, Hey, these dickheads just took our base. I need you to take back this base. <laughs> and it's, right. like, uh, it's like, do you, do you I'm already realize here? That? <laughs> right. And so there's a lot of that, which is super confusing because it's like, nobody seems to bat an eye. Like you will later on, I mean, not to like spoil, but like later on you'll go into missions where you'll kill like officers in these corporations. Mm. And then the next mission, they'll be like, Hey, I need you. I need your help. I need, <laughs> I need you to come through for me and help me out. And it's like, there's, there, you kind of have to just check out at some point with some of yeah. that stuff and just kind of be like, you know, I, I have no clue, you know, and, yeah. and it'll be a thing where it's like, I did this mission and this guy may seem to die, but then he's popping up in another mission. And so like, I don't really know what the continuity <laughs> is here. That's the weirdest thing. That's the weirdest yeah. thing about it is, it's just like, you know, it's not, there isn't this huge, I'm not sitting here being like, man, this is the most like riveting thing. Um, they're interesting characters. There's like, yeah. I'm interested in like, you know, um, just kind of seeing what some of the intrigue, some of what's going on, but it's not like, I mean, the, it's, it's a very kind of all over the place with some of that. Um, that being said, armored cores, armored cores gameplay. I mean, it whips ass. It's super cool. Yeah. Um, I like it a lot. Like it's a, um, I've never played an armored core game before. And so armored core is like a big mech series. And it's, um, it kind of like, I think kind of let off this whole like sub genre of mech games. 
And the thing with it is like, you know, you're going through and so much of the game is about like getting new parts and really kind of mm-hmm. customizing your mech to be your thing. Um, you have like, you have arm weapons, you have shoulder weapons, you're customizing like your torso, your legs, your boosters, mm-hmm. um, all of these things. And they're all like, even beyond just stats, they are different ways of functioning, like different legs do different things. So like my build right now, I have um, these like reverse joint legs, um, okay. which they like allow you to do like a, a higher initial jump. And like whenever I dash, he kind of like jumps with it. And so it's a, there's kind of like a boosting. It's kind of like a quick being able to like get out of the, it feels a little quicker. It feels a little bit like being able to move around a little bit more quickly. Whereas like if you were to have like a tank, like tank treads, you don't have that as much. You're really kind Mm, of like mm -hmm. racing around and you can do quick turns and you're more like ground based. Um, And then some of like the, the quadrupedal, legs you know can they can fly like for longer periods of time so you get like more hover capabilities and stuff and so like you know they're 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 benefits out of sight of stats and there are a lot of different varied weapon sets from like machine guns to like bazookas to shotguns Mm. and swords and just you know there are a lot of different ways to play and so this very interesting thing where it's like you know you're I, you know, I will say like, again, kind of a slight negative being very early on, I would say for, so the game's five chapters, um, chapter one, I would say for most of it is, is a little dull just in the sense that you're going into these missions. They're very short and it's a lot of like fodder enemies. Mm -hmm. Like you're not, you're going through and it's like, there's no real incentive or value to like experimenting and trying new things. It's like, I'm going through and it's just like, I'm holding down the trigger and I'm just killing these like just small little mech enemies. There's not really a whole lot here. Um, it isn't really until I feel like the first boss of chapter one, um, and, or the, the final boss of chapter one. And then like going into chapter two, that it starts to like, not even necessarily get harder, just more, more engaging, like more varied enemy types, more things where it's like, okay, I want to try and do different things. I want to like really vary up my build. Um, and it was probably at that point where the game started to like really click, but, um, it's, super fun to just move around like it takes a little bit to get going because it is a Mm -hmm. lot to kind of manage because you are like there's a lot of stuff on screen and there are a lot of things to do you're like hovering and then you press this this button to like boost and not boost and this one does like a kind of a charge boost and then like all of your weapons are assigned to like the different so like i mean if you're going to do your right shoulder it's going to be r1 if you're going to do your right hand it's going to be r2 you know stuff like that so you, you're having right, to like yeah. manage those different kind of things all at once and it takes a little getting used to but like once you do i mean it's almost kind of like this you're almost kind of like roller skating through the place you're just kind of like <laughs> dashing and weaving and just jumping and doing you know and it's this really it's really fluid and really interesting to play. Um, currently, like I'm, I'm toward the end. I just started chapter five, um, which I don't know how long chapter five is. Um, so it could be, you know, I mentioned it's it's five chapters. It could be very short. It could be super long. I don't know. 
Um, but that's where I am. For people who have played the game, um, for context, I have uh, just beaten what I imagine is the game's uh, millennia, effectively. Oh. <laughs> like um, the chapter four boss um, and was was a tough boy let me tell you yeah. um that was that was some stuff um it uh but i yeah i mean i'm really enjoying it and like and that's the thing too is like for you know i say that but most of the game is not like impenetrably hard there are like there are skill checks there okay. are bosses yeah. that really do kind of require you to go in and be like okay i can't just maybe i can't brute force this maybe I need to rethink my strategy. So like with this chapter four boss, super quick, super fast. I had like a number of weapons that just were not fast enough to hit him. Even though they were like tracking him, he was just, he was getting out of the way. I was wasting ammo. And so I had to kind of go back to the drawing board and try weapons I hadn't tried before because it was like, okay, I'm really not going to be able to like, I don't see a reality where I can just like keep fighting him over and over and over doing the same thing and just happen to win. Right. Um, and in some cases it is like that where you do have to kind of go in and, and think strategically like, okay, I need, I need to maybe adjust this by like, I need to, make my mech have more health. I need to like have heavier weapons. I need to like, I need to be quicker. I need to be able to get in there and do some like damage really quick. Um, like break down his shields, whatever. Um, and so, you know, it, it rewards, I think a lot of the, some of that strategy, but it's, you know, it's not, it's if you're thinking or worried that it's like, Oh, this is dark souls. This is whatever. It's not like, it doesn't have the same, level as some of that it just you know there are some tough bosses there is some stuff where you do have to kind of like you know break past a wall but it's not like the game as a whole is not this <laughs> this big impenetrable thing that you can't play it's a lot of fun very interesting um if you like if you like mechs there's a lot of there's a lot of ways to customize mm -hmm. your mechs super cool a lot of colors a lot of, lot of little, Let me make little pictures Gundam. and little, yeah, you can, you can make a Gundam. You can make them really bright and colorful and um, you can go really dark and scary. You can do a lot of things and there's a lot of stuff. And um, yeah, it's, um, it's a lot of fun. I'm uh, looking forward to finishing it up to be able to like move on and play other stuff. But I've really, I've really enjoyed it and I'm really glad that like, I'm glad that this game came back because like, it, you know, I, like I said, never played armored core before, but it's one of those games where it's like, yeah, like I, it sucks that from software never really had the audience for it mm -hmm. that they should have. And it's nice that they are really not just, not just this game, but like mech games in general is kind of having like a good representation where it's like, yeah. Hey, like here's a here's a really good mech game. Like maybe maybe there should be more of them. That'd be cool. Um and so like I'm I'm really really into really into Armored Core 6. It's a cool game. I'm glad it's I'm glad it exists. Yeah, I'm glad it exists. Um I mean, you've raved about it. Everyone I think has kind of raved about it. It's next on my list to play. 
um, after Starfield and the next game I'm going to talk about as well. Um, but yeah, everything I'm seeing about it is just like lots of praise and I'm glad you're loving yep. it. And yeah, I'm glad Matt games are getting their day in the sun. It's about time. Hot yeah. take. Final Fantasy yeah. 16 is also a great Met game. They're, they're just Kaijus. There's they're some, yeah, big old Kaiju games. Um, shout out to, to mech lovers. I'm not a, I'm not like a super OG, but, uh, anyone remember Megas XLR back in no. Cartoon Network days? No, <laughs> don't. um, I watched Gundam Wing and I loved it. Yeah. I watched Gundam. I saw a little bit of like Robotech and stuff, but Cartoon Network, I'm just going to tell you about it for a second because I think you, I feel Please like you do. need to know, um, Megas XLR, I'm just going to pull up the wiki just so I can like tell you for real. But um, 2004 is when it's is yeah. when that that thing aired. Um, it revolves around two teenage slackers who find a mecha robot from the future in a New Jersey junkyard. They Jersey. modify it. Yeah, they modify it and replace his head with a classic muscle car. And together... They defend Earth from an evil alien race called the Glorfed. Wait, wait, time out. Hold on, I'm pulling up the images. Do it. Wait, yeah. I think I know what this is. is it had uh, a big like hot rod head with like fire on it and stuff. And yeah, wait, weird. no, I know exactly um, what this is because okay, this is going to sound very funny. Um, so, um, in our area, there is a talk show, 93.7, Hawk and Tom. Yep. Um, yep. I pictured Hawk and Tom as those two dudes. Oh, really? <laughs> as the skinny <laughs> dude with the leather jacket, and then the I dude like that, the yeah. Guy Fieri hair. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's like the, a kid growing main, up. One of the main I guys would, is very Guy Fieri. Like, if you, if you need yeah. a... If you need a picture, it's it's he's very Guy Fieri. Growing one. up, I, my mom would listen to it on the way while she was taking me to school, and I remember watching that, and I pictured them as that, and yep. that's so funny. But yes, yeah. I know yeah. exactly what show yeah. you're talking about now. Yeah, Mega Sex wow. LR. We need it. We need it back, boy. Gosh, I should I should just go rewatch it. Wow, that's a flash sure, from the I'm past. Sure, it's out there. Um, Probably. I'm also surprised it didn't run that long. It was only, it ran like for eight months, according to the internet. Yeah, I think I remember it just disappearing one day. But always, that was Hawk and Tom. Yeah. Steve Bloom was in it, though. Mm. As, wow. as he is in a lot of stuff. Yeah, true. True, true, true. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Corey, what else have you been playing? If you want to, okay. if you want to share, yeah. I know we're, I know we're running a little long, but if you want a little long, um, I'll probably keep it a little short. Um, cause I feel like there's gonna be more to talk about with it in the future, but we, you played a little bit of, I think I played a little bit more, but in the realm of stars, um, I have also played sea of stars, um, which came out oh. last yeah. week. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. It's just a week of stars. Uh, yeah. Segway extraordinary. Sea of Starfield. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. episode title, um, Sea of Starfield Fires of Rubicon. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there we go. Um, no, so, uh, Sea of Stars is a, um, chrono triggered, um, like old school, like eight bit 16, really like 
that art style, but in a very, very modern twist, very fluid yeah. animation. Uh, I think it looks phenomenal. Um, but it is that style of RPG, turn-based combat. Um, the game opens, you get to choose one of the two leads as your main character that you can change out at any time from what um, I've been able to tell. Uh, Valir and Zed, is that his name? Um, uh, Zay, is it Zale? Zay? Maybe Zale. Zane? Zale, Zane, something uh, Zale. sort of the Z- Zale. Zale, yeah, okay, Zale, the Lear and Zale, um, and the game uh, opens up with a little small tutorial. Then it kind of gives you a little backstory of they were both born on um, solstice, whether it be lunar or solar eclipse, um, was how it's called, and they are destined to be solstice warriors. And so the game opens with a nice, like, 30-minute little montage of their upbringing where it teaches you a little bit of the mechanics, gives you a little backstory to why Solstice Warriors are needed, a little bit what the central conflict's going to be, and the game kind of kicks you out from there with their best friend, Garl. Garl freaking rules. I love Garl. Um, But I'm, like, five hours into Sea of Stars, um, and I think it's... Lovely. I think it's so good. I think it's so breezy. I love this. Um, the music. I love the character art. I love the style of the game. I love the energy that it's bringing. Um, it's very much the traditional so far of your, in this case, two instead of the one, but like two kids growing up destined for greatness. And it feels like that kind of classic coming-of-age slash a little chosen one story, or chosen two story in this case. Um, Valir is the lunar um, monk, um, or like the warrior monk. She does like cold uh, magic damage and like is the moon girl. Zael does fire magic, is child of the sun, um, and he does a little bit of healing, uh, but is primarily like fire damage and yeah. Um, yeah. So, so far I've done not a ton. Um, I've made it to essentially where the demo picks up, um, in the game. Um, and I think it is something very special, honestly, like everything that they're doing, I think works so well. Um, I think the story is so intriguing. I think the combat's done exceptionally well, even though it is the classic um, turn-based RPG. It requires you to be an active participant in that. And so it comes up, um, it shows you how long it is before the enemy's next turn, and you get to decide who goes first in your group. And a lot of times, one of the enemies will be doing some sort of... um, like a uh, magical attack that you can't stop and it'll show, okay, in two turns uh, you have to do bludgeoning damage, sword damage and fire damage to them to, to stop it. And I'm yep. looking at it I'm like, okay, I can either use Garl or Valir for a little bit of bludgeoning damage. And once I do that, um, some like the enemy will then drop some power boost um, energy. And now I can empower Zale 
and he can now combine his fire magic with his sword, and I've now gone and hit him. Um, the way yep. that works is when your character is going to strike the enemy, if you tap X a second time, it will you essentially like time it perfectly, and you get to do two attacks in that turn. And whenever an enemy is attacking you, if you time your block with X when they're attacking you, you get to half the damage of the damage. Or maybe not half, but you get to cut off a little bit of it. And I think that little bit of being a active participant in this turn-based combat is, it works so well. I don't know if it'll work for an entire, I think it, the average playtime is like 30 hours, like 30-hour playthrough. Mm-hmm. But early on, it's working. It's keeping me like I'm paying attention. I'm staying on my toes. Um, the game does have one of the options similar to uh, Chained Echoes, where every combat, well, after each combat encounter, your HP and mana are restored. I chose not to do that. I wanted that like old school uh, RPG feel. And so yep. every combat ends, and I'm like, okay. Now I'm running a little low on health. Let me use some skills and I'll get my health back up. Or the game places a huge emphasis on cooking and gives you tons of opportunity to find ingredients to then cook that I think are extremely beneficial while playing. Like you'll find dishes like, okay, this is 60. You can cook dishes of like, this is 60 health. This is 35 health and like 15 or and 15 mana back to you. This one is just like five mana back to you. This one's just 20 health, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. But you're like, you're almost curating a menu for yourself of, yeah. give me like two big healing boys. Give me a lot of the combo guys and a couple of like little HP and little mana pops at the end. And it's so useful out of combat of let me just because you have enough rest spots, cooking spots in between each area that like you almost it lines up pretty perfectly with combat to combat and how you are restoring your vitality. And you get to the end, you're like, oh, I have two dishes left. Oh, there's my campsite. Now I can cook a bunch more and move on. Um, Again, I, I think every system that it has incorporated works off of each other so well. Um, like it's playing off of one another, and they've designed the game to where like you're almost maximizing them if you're using them. Um, yep. I really, really like it, Chris. I think it is like elite level, like incredible game that they have here. I'm excited to see more of it. Uh, I've been bouncing between that and Starfield, but every time I'm playing Sea of Stars, I'm. It, I've never had to. With Starfield, I'm always like trying to keep like a context of what Starfield is, what Bethesda is, yeah. what it, they yeah. mean to gaming, what this game means, and like even for all of its faults, like these are goods. And while I'm playing Sea of Stars, it's like this is just good. I am just enjoying yeah. it, and it's not even me turning my brain off or anything like that. It's I'm like. I'm I, the story so far isn't over overly compelling, but I can see what I'm picking up what they're putting down, and it's so easy to follow everything that they do. Very simple, but very in depth at the same time. An example: one of the special moves Valir gets to do is Moonerang, where she's going to throw this like 
cold damage that looks like a crescent moon. And she throws it and it bounces back to you and you get to deflect it. And you deflect it against each enemy and like every time it gets faster and you're like timing the hits and you can keep it going for a very long time if you're timing it right. It's like deflect, 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 deflect. deflect. Yep. And it's yep. like you can hear it pinging all around. And I think things like that is just so fun. It's so good. They've, they've nailed everything so far about it. As weak as Link is the story, and that I think is me being like a little hypercritical of it because, like I said, it's the classic RPG story with a little fun flavored twist that keeps you yeah. on your toes. Um, yeah, I'm really digging Sea of Stars. I'm very excited to see like what more it has in store. Love it. Yeah, I have played, I've played less. Um, I I wanted to at least check it out. So I played through, I guess, like the introduction. So I probably played like an hour, hour and a half or something. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of my read so far too, is like, you know, the, I, I'm interested in like what the story is going to be, but it's very, you can tell like it's the, the dialogue is not like, it's not Shakespearean. It's nope. not like, it's not, you know, super just compelling. Um, which I mean, to be fair, like there, there was something to like old nineties RPGs where it's not like they were the, it's not like they had the most compelling like dialogue no. and stuff either. Um, but yeah, I mean, like the the systems very much like Chrono Trigger, very much like uh like Mario and Luigi games, which also had very active combat. Um, okay. Very specifically, like you know, there's um, you know very I I think very specific nods to things like, hey, in Mario and Luigi, you have a move where you kick a shell and you can kick it back and forth to them over and over and over again, and so long as you hit A. You know, yeah. at the right time, similar to the boomerang, like you know. So I mean, there are obvious like, kind of like nods and draws from things like that, and um, and I think I mean, throughout, I haven't played like all the Mario and Luigi games, but from what I've played of them, um, you know, it's very like that remains a compelling aspect of those games, um, over time. So I'm, you know, I I'm looking forward to digging in on sea of stars and really kind of like seeing what, what happens there. And so like potential wrinkles, potential like mm-hmm. interesting things that kind of pop up and stuff. And, um, yeah, I've heard, um, only like raving things about like, as the game kind of opens up and continues to, to move on just, you know, how good it is. So yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm here for, for some sea of stars action. Love it. Heck yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to talk more about that as it goes. I'm going to be balancing back and forth between those two for a bit. Um, and I've, my plan is to finish both of them. Um, Starfield, Sea of Stars. Uh, yep. Sea of Starfield. Uh, but yeah, Starfield. I, I, think, I think it's really special what they have there. Um, and yeah, super exciting. Love it. Corey? I think that's an episode. Where I think it's an episode too. Yeah, we're running it's almost a little midnight. long. 
Yeah. Um, Corey, where can people find you on the internet if they want to find you on the internets? Uh, you can follow, find me at um, hash slinging thrasher on uh, Instagram. Um, I am going to be a bit more active on our um, Arcade Cozy uh, Twitter page. Um, haven't been as active there. Just was really caught up in Baldur's Gate 3. Couldn't figure out how to get my screenshots over. Um, I have figured out how to get my Xbox um uh, starfield stuff over i have more star f- or sea of star stuff as well so i can post more photos i'll be posting uh i need to catch up on our episode count there as well too um but yeah that is uh, arcade underscore cozy on uh, twitter go follow us there check it out uh sorry i've been as active over until last like two weeks maybe three weeks there um i'm gonna get back on top of that just life's been a little busy um and yeah yeah Yeah. where can they find you chris if uh, you want to be found um i don't want to be found i'm not doing there it is ladies and gentlemen (laughs) i'm not doing a whole (laughs) lot um right now i would implore you instead um i don't believe it has its own instagram account but uh check out the hashtag megasxlr on instagram i'm sure there's a lot of i'm sure there's a lot of content on there (laughs) Who knows, who knows what's going on there? What was that um, other show but, where like they got in like the cockpits of like other animal, like robotic mech animals? Oh, talking about, do you know what I'm talking uh, about? The, the zo. I think you're Zoids? yeah. Is that Zoids? Yeah, Zoids. Zoids yeah. Zoids, I like Zoids. Go yeah. watch Zoids. Yeah, Zoids was the original um, Liger. That was the, yeah. that was the thing because I remember, I remember whenever Napoleon died, like he was, yeah, he was all about like, oh yeah, here's a liker. I was like, wait a second, it's like, isn't that a Zoid thing? And it was like, no, but yes, yeah, and it is, yeah, yeah. Zoids. Look it up. There are a lot of different series of Zoids. I only ever saw the the first one, but yeah, there there are a lot of different Zoids out there. Go watch Zoids slash go watch Gundam Wing. Yeah, Gundam Wings got some stuff. Uh, Robotech also out there. Also for Cartoon Network fans, Symbionic Titan, another mm. another mech thing. Um, go check that out. Um, yeah, also, Corey, Wheel of Time Cozy. season two dropped. So. Yeah, uh, completely unrelated. But Corey, you know you do you. Um, it's very <laughs> special to me, Chris. <laughs> um, yeah, arcadecozy at gmail.com. You can email us, do your thing. Um, yeah, Corey, this has been a good episode. Um, I loved it so much. Do you have anything else to say? No. Hold on. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Don't say anything. I was <laughs> oh. It's not loading. I had a thing. <laughs> it's Damn it. good. It's been it cursed. It didn't work. <laughs> oh, no. AI hey, Corey didn't want to do it. He has uh, nothing to offer. Oh, well, he's... Better <laughs> he be about Dave the Diver. It's too late. Yeah, talk about Dave the Diver. Um, Played that on yeah. my entire oh, flight, well. and that was a great time. Okay, look look at you. Um, yeah, Corey, until next week, this has been Arcade Cozy. Life is hectic. Why should your should hobbies, your hobbies be, be too... too... The Fires of Rubicon... Yeah, boy. Starfield. Yeah, hashtag uh, Big Max. 